This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And joining us today for the opposition view is Fraser from Total Saints Podcast. Oh, well done, Justin. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Excellent Thank stuff. You, Thank you, everybody. Hello, Fraser. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? You good? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. After, after Saturday, which actually felt like a decent match with a decent result had a bloody good goal in it and it now looks as though Watford are playing like a bit of a team so yes feeling okay I would say yeah, good, you good don't get that yeah. out of me very often so enjoy that while it lasts yes yes they say pride comes before a fall but with us it's normally just one <laughs> one or two consecutive <laughs> results before a fall that's what happens to us but enough of us because this is the opposition view god damn it and we get to speak to southampton people we haven't spoken to in ages and it's great to speak to you because obviously you've been up in the prem we came down we came up we came down again but you've stayed there and obviously last season we're caught up take us through a little bit about the Post coming down stuff, obviously the change of manager. We already have uh, an opinion on Mr. Russell Martin, formerly of Swansea. That may have something to do with it. How that's gone, the the players that you have to get shot of when you come out of the premiership and how you've recruited this year and how things are looking so far, Fraser. It was a bit of a, well, as it always is when you get relegated from the Premier League, it's a bit big summer of sorts, movement, a big overhaul. Went down. We were obviously we went through three managers last season. I mean, we went started with Ralph Hasenhutel, got Nathan Jones in. That was an absolute disaster. Don't worry, we 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 will have a ceremonial kicking of Nathan Jones in just a moment. Wait for that, people. (laughs) Coming soon. Good to hear. But yeah, and then obviously (laughs) Ruben Sellers took until the end of the season. And when your assistant coach finishes the start of the season, assistant coach finishes the season as your permanent manager, you're always something's gone badly wrong at some point. So. Yeah, it was a difficult season last year with not much to shout about. Going down was almost split the fan base. Some thought it was a nice, like a fresh start, clean slate, and 
I think that's a it's a lovely view to have, but I think actually the reality of it is you can get it's a league you can get stuck in and bogged down in. Um, oh yes, it's just not always it's not always that simple. And Russell Martin obviously came in. I think he was the owner's first choice. It was between him and the guy Maresca that's actually taken over at Leicester, but he mm. didn't fancy us. He wanted Leicester, and when you look at their squad, you can probably see why. But yeah, Russell Martin came in, and it was a very clear objective that we wanted to become a possession focused side. Which was a big change because we've probably spent the last four or five years playing, sort of concentrating on what we do out of possession, being a counter-attack inside and, mm. and high pressing. And so it was a big change. And I think it was always going to take a bit of time. And I think this, I mean, the start of the season was, it started well and we got some good results early on the season and everyone thought, oh, this is this is nice. We win, win, win every week in the championship. And then... And we lost to 5-0 to Sunderland and lost the next three after that in a row. So a bit of a mixed bag. And and since then, we've gone 11 unbeaten. And so we're on a good run at the moment. A lot of overhaul in the summer, like I said. Obviously, James Ward Prowse left, which is the biggie. Um, he was always going to leave. Mm-hmm. Went to West Ham. Really loved it. Went to Chelsea for about 50 million. Which is a pretty substantial bit of business for an 18-year-old. Yeah. Just played his first senior season of football. I think we made 160 million in player sales in the summer around that mark. But due to financial fair play restrictions that I have to confess, I don't massively understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know the <laughs> ins and outs of it all and how some clubs can spend bottomless pits of money and others can't. But we were still quite restricted in that sense in terms of who we brought in. We continued our theme of sort of cherry picking from Man City's academy, offering them a pathway to the first team. We've got um, Shay Charles in from them. Mm-hmm. A lot of focus on young players. I think the general rule is don't sign over 27 now. Um, we did break that for Ross Stewart, who is 27 and currently is permanently injured, it seems. So whether that rule will be broken again in the future, we'll see. But yeah, so there's been a lot of players come in, a lot gone out. Yeah, Romy Lover, one player we're absolutely, I was absolutely shocked we kept hold of, and I'm thrilled we did, it was Carl Walker Peters, who in my book, I know less, I think some Leicester fans probably argue this point, but I think he's comfortably the best right back in the league. He scored three goals. I mean, he's probably our best attacking player. He's a right back. He scored three goals. I mean, he's scored a cracker against Bristol City in midweek last week. He's um just a cut above the rest. And he seems to actually be really enjoying his football. And I know he's you only read so much into that, but little things like uh patting the badge and you score and stuff like that. And it seems great when it's going well. And as soon as he goes in, in January comes around, he's linked with believing everyone thinks he's a traitor. <laughs> but <clears throat> but yeah, lots to be positive about now. It took a while for Martin's sort of football to to settle down and for fans to get on board of it because obviously yeah when you we it was a slow sort of slide out of the Premier League so it's it was four probably three or four seasons in a row of clinging on and hanging in there so when you're doing that and then you start playing out from the back end passing five yards across your sort of near your goal line it gets gets fans especially home fans a bit on edge but I think fans have sorted in the in the last few weeks sort of learned to trust it learned to trust the players and what they're doing there were some big mistakes early in the season from doing that which which cost us. I mean, I think Ipswich at home was a massive one where we basically passed it to their centre forward. But as time's gone on, everyone's got a bit more confident with it. The players look much more confident with it. And I think Saturday, the performance of the season in terms of everything Martin wanted from the squads just clicked into place and we were almost perfect, really. I mean, it should have we should have gone on and got more, but we settled for a sort of 2-0 and just controlled the game through possession. And we're a bad team to be chasing when we get the second goal. I mean, when, when we're 1-0 up, our team's just still still rocked us a bit and we've dropped a few points against you like the Rotherham's in Huddersfield where we haven't kicked on and got that second goal but once we get that second goal we're, we're pretty comfortable generally yeah well I mean it's a it's a record breaking start to the season I believe I could be wrong but certainly it's it's been a, a fantastic start for you Russell Martin divides opinion 
between normally those people who've met him and those who haven't. In terms of what he what he does, <laughs> he he's a pretty fundamentalist kind of possession extremist. He absolutely refuses to divert from how he plays. It's one of the ones. Obviously, we we speak to the guys at Swansea, and and they took a long time to get to it, and then they had to once he come across to you, they had to unlearn that all again, and then they were finding it yeah. difficult to switch between styles and the like. But also, he is on our he is on our Paul Ince list, which is a list of managers that uh, that we've decided we don't approve dis- we don't approve of we did in fairness give Swansea the casting vote immediately after he left for you so it could have been slightly weighted against him <laughs> the deciding factor was if he was made of chocolate would he eat himself and i think you can probably agree russell martin would freely eat himself the other ones on it currently are are alex neil and uh, and also who else have we got in there oh paul Ince himself of course i'm going to put paul Ince. In, I, absolutely i am going to put forward for nomination for the paul Ince list and as ever i think it's only right that we go to our guest as the as the the casting vote should nathan jones go on to the paul Ince list I don't think there's a single Southampton fan that would disagree with him going on that list. Well, Excellent. well done, Southampton fans. You've done yeah. us an absolute solid there. We yeah. will we'll add Nathan <laughs> Jones onto that list of, of unlikables and unlikelies. He's, he's actually been linked to us a couple of times, and crikey, have we panicked at that particular list. Yes, don't, 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 look, don't look away, Justin. It's all right. It's like I was showing you a cross on the screen or Sorry. something. I sneezed and I didn't want yeah. you to, to suffer it. So I, I looked the other way and turned my mic on. You can see the, does have, yeah. the, the level of allergic say. reaction that Nathan Jones brings out in people. I know. Even through the internet, Justin's I've, I've come out in a rash just talking about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that rash. That's a nasty rash. It's also broken out if, if you ever do appoint Nathan Jones, don't let him anywhere near a press conference because he's an absolute disaster was if he? we ever appoint nathan jones <laughs> i will not be going to see yeah at press conferences yes this is true yeah. this is true it, it, is are, are there any managers because i was i was fortunate enough to come onto your uh, your podcast yesterday and just before i came on the guys were talking about keith stroud as a referee and yeah. talking about it as neutrals as what an asshole he was. I think they didn't use the word asshole. I may have inserted that myself, but that's Luton supporting Keith Stroud wears orange at Vicarage Road whilst whilst refereeing us. That bastard. Yes. He was awful last week, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was terrific. And the thing the thing about him is he, he was horrific, but I mean we yeah, we had him in the Bristol City game. But both sets of fans said he was awful. Oh. But so it was like, I mean, I say I watched the game. I have to admit, obviously through my Saints rose tinted glasses, where I was saying like, the amount of decisions he gave against us, all of this, and I got on Twitter or what X as it is now, and after the game, and Bristol City fans were saying the same thing. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he was consistently inconsistent. So I don't know. But he, yeah, he was pretty shocking to me. He, he comes from the same stock as Nathan Jones. So what? What, what are we all expecting? <laughs> uh, anyway, we deviated even before the. Uh, even before the prediction league today, that's not good. That's not good at all. So, a player we we were linked with a couple of seasons back, former Blackburn striker, and was with you at the time, and is still with you, and is the leading scorer, Adam Armstrong. He seems to be kicking into this season like anything. Tell us a little about how he's got on at Southampton. Yeah, he's he's an interesting one, Adam Armstrong, because I have to confess he was our he was our Danny Ings replacement when Danny Ings was getting twenty twenty odd Premier League goals in in a Premier League season for us. Was never quite up to it at, at Premier League level. I don't know. He's one of the, he seems very much a confidence player. Even when we signed him from Blackburn at the time, a lot of Blackburn fans were saying he'll score goals, but 
he doesn't have to take a lot of shots and he needs a lot of shots to score his goals. You don't get that many. You get you get one or two chances in the Premier League. In the Championship, when you're one of the, I guess, one of the better sides or even generally in the Championship, you get you get a few more. But he's just been a cut above this season. He looked like, like a fish out of water in the Premier League, to be honest. It didn't quite click for him. He never hit the ground running. And from then on, he always looked like he was low on confidence and never really believed he was good enough to be be there or at least be a, a regular goal scorer in the Premier League. But this season, he's been like, different player and he's what he, I struggle with Adam Armstrong I have to admit and I might get Saints fans do have a split opinions on him my opinion mm-hmm. is very much that he'll always get us goals he'll get us goals at this level and that's ultimately all he can do but we almost we know he can't make the step up so it's like how much do you build around him but then you haven't got the luck but at the same time you haven't got the luxury of assuming you can get back up to the Premier League so actually he's a very good player to have around and actually I mean surprisingly Jack Stevens who was on loan at Bournemouth last season while we were getting relegated, was given the captaincy at the start of the season. He got injured for quite a long term and Adam Armstrong was the captain. And I think that shows two things. One is how much Russell Martin relies on him, but also how few captains or leaders we potentially had at the start of the season to, to give that, that armband to. But yeah, this season, he's just been a cut above. He's not really playing as a striker this season. He's playing off the right a lot. We play with um, a lot of the time. We play our best football with a Carlos Alcaraz playing as a bit of a false nine. And, I mean, say Armstrong plays off the right, he floats around because Walker Peters has the right-hand side pretty much to himself to run up and down at will. But yeah, he cuts in a lot. And yeah, I think he's on 12 goals, four assists, mm. I think he's on, which yeah. is pretty good going at this stage of the season. I did read today, actually, which is last time we were in the championship and obviously got promoted. Ricky Lambert at this point in the season had 12 goals from 19 games as well. So maybe there's something in that that's positive. He is our main source of goals. He's a probably He's probably realistically our only consistent threat of goals we have a lot of players that chip in with goals but he's the one that's he's the only one that's scoring regularly and his goals I mean the weekend is all perfect way to encapsulate how he gets his goals his first goal was very trying to think of the word like reactionary he's got the ball and just no backlift put the ball in the far corner of his weaker left foot and then second goal was two yards out just quicker than defenders to, to head it in and I think that's what he's about he gets he knows where he gets his goals in the championship and he gets a lot of goals just in and around that penalty area Seems to be confident. Seems to know he can be. I think. I think Russell Martin. I know you've just been slating Russell Martin. But I think Russell Martin's been a big part in that. He's obviously put a lot of faith into um, Adam Armstrong. Told him he's his his guy. I think he's started every game this season. He's I think he's played the most minutes of any outfield player. It might be tied with Kyle Walker Peters, yeah. but he's he's just been crucial. He's been given the responsibility to go and be the main goal scorer, which he's not ever really had before at Southampton, and he's thriving. Yeah, and long may it continue because Ross Stewart's seemingly never going to play for us so we need need someone to chip in with some goals yeah is he is his injury because we obviously we know the guys at Sunderland and obviously we know uh, having seen Ross Stewart you you bought him I mean it was a bit of a bit of a risk but obviously you got him for about two and a half million when I think if he's fit and he's firing he he could have cost a fortune so it seemed a good investment but he's gone he's he's just had a couple of sub appearances hasn't he he still can't quite get back fit yet yeah you say two and a half million actually it was actually 10 million 10 million? Wow. Yeah, 10 with, a year left, with a year left on his deal, 8 million rising to 10 with guaranteed add-ons. And Wow. So I was a, I was a bit, I was actually a bit sceptical of the signing at first, just because I've heard very good things, but he's only actually played like 13 championship games in his career. Yeah, he's and played, I know he's played one mainly, yeah. Got three two. Yeah, he, he obviously came with that Achilles injury, but Russell Martin, Saints sort of, or Russell Martin did an interview the other day where he said every time they went through targets, they always ended up coming back to Ross Stewart, got him in. He made uh, He's made two 10-minute cameos off the bench and played a behind-closed-doors friendly, and then he's done his hamstring and he's out till the end of January. 
which often happens, I guess, when you're out for a while and you, you come back in, you get another little niggle. But mm. it's disappointing because we lost um, Camaldi and Suleiman are our January signing, our club record signing. He's also actually end of January with a similar injuries. So it's it's not great. Well, I say it's not great. I think, I mean, we're in quite a privileged position in the sense that we have options, but they are too, well, Suleiman has certainly been a big player and Ross Stewart is a player that we've got in a kind of backed with a lot of, well, like say 10 million is pretty substantial yeah, for but... championship. So two players that could have been big parts of this, this sort of December, January running that aren't going to be around. So be interesting to see how we, we cope with that. You're right. He has played mainly League One football and obviously north of the border as well. But I think if, if yeah. Ross Stewart can get his injury issue sorted out, I think that 10 million will prove to be a bargain even so. But it does obviously elevate that risk. Where did I see two and a half million from? God alone knows. Never mind. In terms of formations, you can never quite trust everything as to what they say. So as somebody is watching it, are you playing a 4-3-3 or is it a 4-3-2-1, a, a kind of a Christmas tree of old? Or is, is, that, a, yeah. is that a false acronym? I think 4-3-3 is, is, is right. It's what we have been playing. The Sulemile injury has changed that. So he came off early against Bristol City last midweek. He was playing left wing of the three. We didn't really have... We had a couple of options on the bench, and surprisingly at the time, Russell Martin actually brought Che Adams, who's obviously a centre forward. Yeah. And that's when we went to this sort of, I guess, for this Christmas tree slash sort of four four two diamond with Che Adams and Adam Armstrong playing as wide split strikers and Charlie Alcaraz sort of playing as the sort of floating 10. I don't know if that's what we'll do long term. We stuck with that against Cardiff, but I think Martin, now we've got a free week, I think Martin will probably have a think about it and see what he wants to do. But it's more often than not, we've been 4 3 3 this season. But that Suleimana injury's put a bit of a span of works and it might be that sort of four four two diamond. I think Pete, you were saying yesterday that Watford sort of almost exclusively play four three three. So I think we'll probably be matched up quite similarly man for man, or not man for man, but on the pitch. I think it'll mm-hmm. be quite similar shapes. So Final question for me then, in terms of obviously James Ward-Prowse was, was going to be winning the, the kind of Matt Letizia long service award at one stage. And obviously he comes down, he's got England ambitions. I think it's probably understandable that you could see him moving off at that stage. But who stepped into his place? The the set pieces obviously are legendary. I think he was probably the best set piece taker in 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 the Premier League for my, for my money personally how have you re- how have you been successful replacing him in terms of set pieces bearing in mind obviously the possession based fundamentalist that is Russell Martin so have you done that as set pieces and who stepped into the, the middle of the field to to fill out for him in terms of set pieces we've not been well I say we haven't we, there were no obvious sort of candidates to step in and take free kicks and I guess where War Prowse was just, it was so obviously he was going to take everything. A lot of players at the club we hadn't even ever actually ever seen take a free kick other than War Prowse. But Stoke away a couple of months ago, we won 1 0, and that was from a direct free kick from Stuart Armstrong, which okay. came a bit out of the blue, I have to confess, because like I said, I've never taken, seen him take a free kick and he stuck it straight in the top corner. And then uh, I think generally crossing situation set pieces tends to be Ryan Manning, who's got a decent left foot. His corners are pretty, pretty bang on, to be honest. One of the criticisms of War Prowse actually. Great at free kicks. His corners were often lacking, but we also have infamously had quite a small team over the last four years or so. So I don't know how much blame can be attributed to him for that because I think he's probably trying to do something a bit different there. But yeah, Ryan Manning tends to take the corners and we've had some success from corners. We're not... We're not a sort of team that banks on our set pieces to nick us a result. We're never going to be that kind of team under Russell Martin, I don't think. But he definitely 
we definitely do stick it in the box a fair bit from those situations. And in terms of actually who's stepped into Warprowse's shoes in terms of the midfielders, it's been Flynn Downs and he's been a bit of a revelation, to mm-hmm. be honest. I think he's been the player that West Ham thought they were signing potentially hasn't had that chance at West Ham but yeah he's he's been really really impressive and for, for Martin's sort of philosophy and like I say his sort of plan A or nothing approach to keeping the ball and the way he wants to play football Flynn Downs is almost the physical embodiment of that that style he just keeps the ball moving never looks flustered happy to take the ball for centre-backs like all day long build the attacks always plays a simple pass the amount of times he gets the ball on the edge of the box and everyone's crying at him to shoot and he just ne- he never takes that invitation he just plays a little five-yard pass or just keeps just ticking and yeah he's been excellent I mean Stuart Armstrong's really stepped up as well actually it's not just from his direct free kick goal in open play he's been really good and he's a player that's well liked and has been well liked he's struggled with injuries a couple of years for a couple of years now and there's been this sort of long ongoing perception that Stuart Armstrong in the Premier League couldn't take, play two games in a week. And at the moment, he's playing three games in a week in championship and looking looking very good. So, yeah, between the two of them, I'd say they're the two that have, I mean, Warprowse is big shoes to fill. But between the two of them, I think they're kind of filling that, that big void that he's left. Yeah, not often it is the way when you've got a star in the team that a collection and some collective teamwork may maybe do it. I said last question. I've actually got another six quick ones here. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, sir, for your as, as and your consideration and just yours, not not everybody at Southampton, just yours. I'm gonna give you six characteristics of a team, and I want you to give me marks this season only out of ten for for how you've been. So, for example, physicality, okay. marks out of ten. Okay, physicality, I'll probably go by six. Technical ability, eight. Nice. I think that's one of our strengths. Tactical nous. Tactical nous. I'll go seven. <laughs> Counter-attacking. <laughs> Doesn't exist under Russell Martin. Three. <laughs> Pace. Good answer. Pace. Sorry? Pace. Pace. When Suleimana was fit, very high. Now, not a lot of pace inside. Probably five. Five. A possession? Nine. Oh, excellent. Well, that's a, that's a shift because we've been asking these for the last few weeks just to see how people are and there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of emphasis on counter-attacking and, and pace but obviously we're going to see a different style of keep ball and possession under under Russell Martin there with high technical ability real desire to keep possession and of course if the pace isn't there it's not the option it's, it's what you've got to do so we will see how mm. things go with that brilliant stuff Fraser I've got a very quick question before we do move on yeah we've got we've got a player that we've had for some time now a bit hit and miss here and there but Obviously, ex-Southampton, Wesley Hoot, who scored an absolute worldie uh, at the weekend, which I got to witness. What's his kind of legacy at Southampton? How does Southampton fans see his time? Because I'm, I'm really interested because yeah, at the yeah, moment, we, 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 we've got a player that really does look like something. Over the last few games, yeah. he's really stepped up. So it'd be interesting to get your take. I'll be honest, it'll probably give me PTSD seeing him on Saturday. <laughs> he is... He was honestly, he was horrific. (laughs) But not in the sense that, I mean, he was clearly a talented enough footballer. Obviously, he's a centre-back, but he he was our Virgil van Dijk replacement for a start, which, I mean, his career reflects how that's gone. But yeah, he was very frustrating. He clearly, he thinks he's very, very good. And that's not a bad trait to have as a footballer. But he, he, there are two, two things that I think of when I think of Wesley Hoy is... Cruyff turns on the edge of our box. I think we conceded about three goals directly from him, just trying to do that and realising there's a striker behind him and just being so slow. I mean, it, if depending on how you play it, it might uh, it might work. I don't know if you sit back, sit deep, but we were trying to play with with him in a back line that were pressing high and yeah. high line and 
he just got exposed week after week after week. He was in an era where we were signing a lot of players that were replacing very good players that were clearly not at the same level. And that's the overarching thing with him is is that. And so he'll probably have an absolute blinder against us on Saturday and be perfect <laughs> and probably score from 50 yards again like he did on Saturday. But yeah, I don't think he's remembered particularly fondly at St. Mary's. Interesting. Good. Thank you. And a big hello to Mrs. Hoot. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Hi, everybody. This is Ian Bolton, and I'm proud to be on uh, Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Uh, well, I, I think we've come to that moment, gents. I think we have come to the moment where the rubber hits the road in... It's the DNSYE Completely Rubbish Prediction League. No! God, please, no! No! Yes, definitely that time. It's definitely that time. And, uh, and Fraser, I apologise for what is about to, to happen at this particular point. At no point can I say, have we mentioned Watford 7, Southampton 1? And I think we're bigger individuals for it. I'm glad to see that that's the case. We're not ones to just hark back to the 80s. Just for oh, crikey, we certainly wouldn't do that. <laughs> anyway, last season, we decided that we were actually going to have a prediction league because everybody asks, you know, kind of what prediction you have and nobody does anything with it. Well, we decided to do so. And uh, Justin and Carlos took on the EFL for whom you will be participating today. So you're, you're taking part with the, with the rest of the EFL. It went very well. Justin had a superb season, but just failed at the last and the EFL stomped through just to win literally on game round 46, which frankly seemed unfair and unjust. So in order to add to that sense of uh, injustice and uh, and general pain, a number of people decided they were going to come on board and see whether or not they could get inanimate objects to beat Justin and Carlos. So now we have seven teams. And Justin, you are going to be selecting second tonight because, Carlos, you have absolutely oh spanked it oh for the last four God. games. What did you would do? you look at what that? What did you do to get them two points? You predicted a what? Look at quick, that. So that you is predicted a thing of beauty. The last four oh games for Rotherham, he went... He, he, he predicted a win. Didn't get the points difference right. But the last three games, he hasn't got it spot on, but he's got the, the, the goal difference right. He went 3-1 for Leicester. It was 2-0 Leicester. He went 2-1 Norwich. It was 3-2 to us against Norwich. And he went 1-0 against Hull City. So he's got seven points out of that. In the t- in the same time period, Justin, you got to, you got two points. You've uh, you've not you've not drawn a blank, but it does mean that you're going to be predicting there this week and go there. But look there at the bottom. Look there at the bottom. JP Backgammon FC, John Parslow, he got three points. He got the absolutely spot on two one prediction away at Hull City. Whilst if we all do remember, basically decrying Hull and everybody who goes there during during his video thereof, which is fair enough. He really did damn it to hell and included Philip Larkin in the whole. Equation. Equation, which seemed odd, but never mind. But it does look like 
Jarvis Cocker Spaniel, Artificial Stupidity, and JP Backgammon are towards the lower reaches at the moment. It's still, it's still quite tight. So we're going to be coming to you for a, a prediction. Now, the rules of this particular league is that you can't take a prediction that somebody has made previously. So the first thing we will do is go across and, uh, and, and have a look at Jarvis Cocker Spaniel. We started the season with six teams, and then somebody said, no, my dog can get involved in this. Now, last week, he introduced the tombola of shite. Now, yes. he changed his methodology of making predictions. This is a Cocker Spaniel doing this. And I think Ben and Jarvis have basically cooked up something else a little bit more bizarre. Before we crack on with the crazy prediction league, because we're playing Southampton, I thought I'd just show you this programme from the historic cup game from 1980, which I was lucky enough to be in attendance. And I actually got it signed as well by the great man, Ian Bolton. Okay, this is going to really piss Carl and Justin off. I am scrapping the tombola of shiteness. It is no longer. In fact, it lasted less than Billy McKinley. I now have <laughs> this eclectic mix of inanimate objects on an old shelf there. Jarvis is going to pick the score using these. Here we go. Okay, under each object is a number, one to six. And because we're at home, you're going to pick whichever one you either nudge over or go to first, mate will be the one you pick. So pick away. Which one are you going for? Which one? Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Which ones are you going to touch first? Have a look. Have a look. Oh, he's gone to the space hopper. So this is Watford 3. Okay. That's Watford 3. Okay, right. Mix them up now. Okay, so he doesn't know which one's which. And now he's going to pick the Southampton score. So pick one. Pick one. Which one are you going? Which one? He's gone for the elephant. He's gone for the elephant. Hold on. Elephant nil. Watford 3, Southampton nil. Well, there we, there, there we have Ben and Jarvis uh, acting even more strangely than normal. For, for those people who aren't watching the video, which we will put on Twitter, there's no reason we should suffer this nonsense and you all get away scot-free. Um, he has put the numbers naught through to six, or through to five, sorry, underneath six different... Uh, uh, various ornaments. Two of them are Watford related from, I would say, 92, 94, that sort of season. The Blaupunkt old kit wasn't there. There was another one that looked... Like, a, gone. It looked like the world's worst chess set. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> like, a, a, a miniature space hopper is perhaps one of the knights. And then it had, I mean, was it the cat in the hat? I mean, there was all sorts yes. of stuff going on there that I was like, I was so bemused by it all that I didn't really get the score. He went for a 3-0 Watford win, did he? He is did. That, he went that, for a 3-0 Watford win. I probably have to explain to Fraser at this point that we think this is slightly less than scientific in terms of its its rigour. But Ben and indeed Jarvis, who is the dog wearing the hat, he, yeah. <laughs> he is, he's on 12 points because, because Millwall decided he should be Dr. Point for lateness and drunkenness, which is fine. Anyway, so he has made his prediction. 3-0 to the Hornets has gone. You can't predict that. The other one that you saw there was JP Backgammon, John Parslow. Now, last week, John went a little bit squirrely, didn't he? He he really doesn't <laughs> like that hull. We've, we got that. We understood that. Now, we mentioned, I, I, I do think he might have mentioned the 7-1 in that particular video. I may have missed it. But there's another goal that uh, that may have been mentioned to me yesterday that, that John obviously is looking to see if he can correct. And it took about 7.69 seconds to score. Let's see what John did. Predictions League. It's Watford versus Southampton. The Saints. And we can see that Shane Long is still haunting Watford after scoring that goal 
in record-breaking time in only 7.69 seconds all that time ago. Well, tonight, let's see if we can put this right for once and for all. Well, the dice are on the pitch, and we're ready to go. I'm just waiting for the referee's whistle. And they're off. And it's Watford to go first. And at six minus four is two. And Southampton is four, six minus four is two as well. And it's too long. It's 7.96. Meets 7.69. So close, Watford. But we're going to have to settle for a draw. It's Watford two. Southampton two. The first time these two people, first of all, they just started giving us videos and we went, yeah, okay, fine. Now there's production value. There's, I mean, there, John's got two frames. We only got to see one today with Shane Warne's little, little kind of uh, alter to that and a laptop. And of course he has selected a Desmond Tutu. Tutu has gone. So that's good indeed. That's good indeed. So we had artificial stupidity and it selected Watford three Saints four. So so the, the scores that you cannot go for are one one because one one is its own prediction. It's there on the league table. You can't have one one. You can't have two two. You can't have three nil to Watford and you can't have three four to Saints. But at this point, we get to turn to Fraser after showing him dogs and backgammon predictions and say Pick the bones out of that one, sir. What do you think the score's going to be yeah. come Saturday? I feel massively underprepared. I feel like I should have prepared a video, <laughs> at least a PowerPoint presentation. On, PowerPoint on would have been scores, but, um, yeah. yeah, Yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Basically, basically um, you need to come in armed with a kettle and a chihuahua for any of this to make sense, yeah. so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm not sure I would have um, said no. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going on, but I'm going to say 2-0 Southampton. Two nil. Go. Got the idea. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's all it, it boils down to. Two nil Southampton. There's there's confidence there from a, from a team who have have not lost in eleven games. We we we're quite pleased with our only losing the one out of nine. None in eleven. That's not bad. Now words I don't get to say often. We next go to Justin, who gets to select before Carl for yeah. a change. Justin, over right, to you, weird. mate. That's fine. May I have a memory refresher? You may. So, <laughs> you cannot select. Yeah. 4 3 to Southampton. You cannot right. select 2 0 to Southampton. You right. cannot select 2 all, 1 1, or 3 0 to Watford. Right. With you. Okay. Having heard that they're <laughs> doing quite well and they remain unbeaten in a few games, I'm feeling confident after Saturday's match. I thought Saturday we played very well. And I think we actually played very well against a decent team as well, which is probably True. the first time this season that we've done that. So I think we might win the game, believe it or not. Uh, I know. This is fighting um, talk. I know, I know. So I am going to go for a, and I can't go for 2-0, can I? So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Watford win. You, you can go for a 2-0 Watford win if you want. Can I? Oh, it's 2-0 two 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 Saints you can't do. All right, I will go 2-0 Watford then. 2-0 uh, 2-0's been taken yeah. both sides. Both sides, Carlos. We turn to you as the as the as the host in the best positioned place on the on, on the oh table God. at the moment. The and pressure. And let's be honest, four games where you've been it's a four game unbeaten run you're on at the moment. No pressure. What are you going to go for? Yeah. Well, I I I agree with Justin. I think we we beat a really good side at the weekend. Having said that, I do think Southampton are a better side. So I'm going to 
I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to join Fraser in this. I'm going to say Watford nil, Southampton one. There we go. As ever, points will be allocated because there are wins forecasted for for Southampton, for Watford, and indeed draws. It just go through it all again. EFL two nil to Southampton. Justin's forecast two nil to Watford. One one's forecast is one one, as is its typical result. Carl's going. 1-0 to Southampton, having had far too much fun in Hull last week. That doesn't last, yes. obviously. John Backgammon has gone for a Desmond, and uh, Jarvis has gone 3-0 Watford. But let's face it, we, we were trying to identify... I mean, there was, there was a pink elephant was one of the things he was searching for. This is definitely less than scientifically pure. And random nonsense has gone for 3-4 to Southampton. We shall see. We shall see on Saturday. Scratch your eyes, you do not. Rubbish this prediction league is. Thank you, Yoda. There we go. Yoda. Thank you, Yoda. Well, let's let's draw this to to a conclusion. Uh, will you be going to the game on on Saturday, Fraser? No, I can't actually make the game Saturday. Unfortunately, it's a shame because ground I want to go to. But yeah, can't can't make it Saturday. He's, unfortunately, he's locked in his he's locked in his shed. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. surrounded yeah, by pine and so, saunas. Yeah. Don't just have themselves. Yeah. Somebody's got to sort it. <laughs> Him and his friend. Yeah. Somebody's got to look after it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, friends <laughs> coming round for a sauna, and why not? <laughs> Obviously, if you're only listening to this podcast and not seeing what we're seeing, Fraser is sitting in what looks like a sauna. It's not. It's a. It's a. a we've been told it's shed <laughs> made in. Very pots. nice. I'm like, it's very nice. I must I can say. Smell the pine. Is that a Southampton picture behind you. I can't really. Yeah, there's there's a couple up there. You've got yeah. the wall there. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it's very oh. tongue and groove. Oh, tongue. I'd say. Yeah, it's just. Tongue I think it's just a load of old Saint shirts folded up. Well it's done. Fun. Yeah. Tongue yeah. and yeah. groove. Fantastic. We're woodworking now on this on this podcast as well. Yeah. We do everything. For all Is there you, any sailing going on? Absolutely. On the for, for all you carpentry enthusiasts. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Hello to Mr. Puddy Fat, my old woodworking teacher. <laughs> if he, if he's not, I would have liked to have met him. Well, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about him on air, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> maybe not then. No, 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 yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Hello, sir. I hope you're keeping well, if you're listening. Anyway, it's been lovely having you on. Good luck for the rest of the season, apart from Saturday. And when we play you again, which will be... Including the small print, it will be yes. on Saturday, the 13th of April, 2024. Currently, 3pm kickoff. Subject to TV fucking about the schedule, because they probably will, as the Saints are likely to be in the playoff places, at least. But at least when it's on the telly, Watford usually do all right at St Mary's. Have we mentioned we once beat them 7-1? We have. Oh, that's good. I thought we might have forgotten to mention it, so I put it here just in case. Well done. I think we mentioned it more than that programme. It may have sneaked in. It may have sneaked in. It was in 1980. It may have been 43 years ago, but God damn it, we're going to mention it every time. Well, two of of us on this podcast definitely weren't born. Born, yeah, okay. And one of us was probably there, but I wasn't. That must have been you were there, Pete, surely. It was a game that I was not at. I was... Oh, really? I was was let down by a parent, and I won't tell you if it was my mum or my dad, but he's a wanker. There you go. Right, Uh, I'll sit and work that one out for myself. Yeah, I'll have a think about that afterwards. There was a match in the early 2000s. When did you have Stuart Wrigley as your manager? That would have been 2003, uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so. A, st- yeah. a little bit before Is it? I really knew what I was, <laughs> what I was talking you about. You knew it was the Southampton. <laughs> we, we thrashed you. It's a cup game, I think. And I think it was like 5-2. And by the end of it, all the Southampton fans were singing, can we come and sit with you? Because we were just... <laughs> 
Um, about right, yeah. that night. It was a, it was a great game. I can tell um, you but, exactly when that was. That would oh. have been the 9th of November 2004 because it was two oh. days after my son was born and I didn't get to go to that game because I had to go and pretend to be interested in the new... Oh, sorry, oh, I had to go and see my newborn. Sorry, that's what I meant. I have a family member in Southampton as well. Yeah, there and you it go. wasn't even born. Well, it was just... I would, I would just like to, like to add that I think we, we beat you in the FA Cup semi-final. Interview. You did. I was going to bring that one up for you. <laughs> Yes, I, was I, wasn't, I wasn't going to bring that up because why would you? Brett Ormerod. Well said, Fraser. Isn't, it's no joy if you don't punch back. I like that very much indeed. <laughs> Michael Hyde dyed his hair blonde, if I remember rightly. it was All all the signs were there for it to be an absolute <laughs> nightmare. And I had terrible seats right at the back in Aston Villa, right, right at the back. I could hardly see the other end in one of those days. Anyway, enough. Enough of this nonsense. We will say goodbye. Thank you very much for coming on, Fraser. We will catch up with you in April. We'll see you then. Thank you very much. Wonderful stuff. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Fraser. Top man. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.